You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of the HR Mavericks podcast. I'm Garrett Justice, and today I'm joined by Cece Clark, who is an HR business partner and Army vet with over a decade of HR talent acquisition experience. Cece, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, enjoying a wonderful, another wonderful day in 2022. Thank God. Right. I know. It's great to have you on the show. We're super excited to get to know you better and, and dive into this topic. You know, Cece and I were talking at the beginning about what what should I call her? So if I call her Cecilia today, if I call her Cece, if I just call her by her last name, Clark, just know I'm talking about the same person, right, Cece? Oh, yeah, I know. Multiple names. It's all good. I like being awesome. multiple things to multiple people. It's okay. I'm okay with that. There we go. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you on. Before we jump into our topic, tell our guests or our listeners a little bit more about your background and your experience, especially in the HR world. Yeah, sure. So I've been in human resources for over 10 years. I've specifically been in some sort of talent acquisition role where I've worked at an agency or worked as a talent acquisition manager. And I really love talent acquisition because I I, I think that it it takes a special individual to not only to understand what's going on. And what I really love about what it is that I do is for me to be really good and be really lethal is it, it, it there's two pieces of me. I, I love doing research. I love to read. I love to learn. I like to get to know people. And I love technology. I love artificial intelligence and social media. So my kind of passion, almost obsession with both different areas has really, you know, made me pretty successful at what it is that I do. And it really drives my passion. I mean, just found, just having the opportunity to sit here and speak with you about it makes me super excited. So... Awesome. Well, we're, we are super excited to have you on the show today. Before we jump into our topic, I'm curious about your transition from the army. You were in the army for almost 10 years, right? And then that transition into HR, tell us about what, what led you into HR and what that transition was like. Oh, wow. Okay. So when it comes to, when I was in the, I was in the army, I was in the army for 10 years, I started out as a helicopter mechanic, and then I was selected to go into a retention role because in the military, retention is a big deal. Every single year, we we have a certain number of goals, so the number that we want to retain and the number that we're able, we want to go ahead and let go. So I did that for five years and worked with senior leadership. And then the last 12 months, they, they have these transitioning classes. Which, by the way, I'm not going to lie, I didn't pay attention to all, any of them except one. <laughs> the only one that I was like very intrigued about was when they introduced me to LinkedIn. <laughs> and that was in 2014. They didn't tell me much. I signed up, created a profile. And honestly, kind of like my life changed from that moment on because I was introduced to a platform. I was stationed in South Korea at the time. Wow. And 
I knew that I was, I was, I only had about eight months left in my contract and I needed to find a job and I knew I wanted to stay in human resources. So then I started reaching out to veterans that I found that were doing something that I wanted to do in human resources, whether that, and then I figured out that my easiest transition in was into talent acquisition, because for some reason, if you go out there and look for jobs in HR, 80% of it is recruiters. Mm -hmm. So I reached out, found a couple mentors and then word of mouth. And I was able to get a job working for an agency I had an offer six months before I transitioned out. I got pretty lucky, but at the same time, it just shows you that LinkedIn is a powerful tool. Yeah. Amen. That's great. So helicopter technician to now talent acquisition expert. I love it. Love, love seeing the evolution of, of kind of your story and career there. So I know you spent a lot of time, especially the last few years in talent acquisition and recruiting, especially in the healthcare space. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, and and that's actually what we really want to talk about today. Some of the changes that you've seen when it comes to healthcare recruiting and some of the tips that you might have. So I guess just to start us off, you know, in your experience, what are some of the trends or changes that you have seen when it comes to recruiting, especially in the healthcare space? Well, you have to sit down and think about what's happened in the past three years. I mean, we, we know there's nothing... There's nothing else in our mind. Let's talk about the pandemic. I mean, Mm -hmm. that hit healthcare like a hurricane. I mean, people were struggling with burnout. Turnover was to the roof. And, you know, I have so many nurses right now, um, friends who told me about how devastating it was. I mean, seeing what it was they, they saw you know, dealing with the hardships of, you know, having to see the things that they saw. I I don't even want to talk about the things that they told me, but it it really made an impact on the professional, especially the ones that were front facing with the patient. I, I think how that's changed is that now the healthcare professionals, along with everybody else, their priorities have changed. Yeah. You know, they're, they really want to work for a company that cares about them. So, you know, we, we, to be able to attract people and keep people, you know, employer branding is everything, you know, people are focused on wanting to, wanting to work for a company with a good culture. Yeah. They want to work for a company with good values, with good benefits and, you know, a lot of a lot of times companies, you know, we get into like this tug of war when it comes to compensation, like, hey, I'm going to offer you $25 an hour. And then here comes me from, you know, company C, I'm going to offer you 28. Then it comes all about the money. And then guess what? Regardless, six months later, that one person is gone. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's been about making sure that companies have a good value are not able to meet the um, meet their people and be able to satisfy what it is that they really care about now which at the end of the day it went from making a lot of money to taking care of their family and having some time off 
Yeah, that's a great point. So in in the healthcare space, especially, do you feel like that change has really been driven by just kind of the burnout that so many healthcare professionals have felt over the last few years through the pandemic? You know what? I think it is burnout, but um, so my sister is a travel nurse. During the pandemic, she was working at a prison. Hmm. And she told me stories where she was, you know, helping prisoners who were young and respirators. And she was like, you have no idea how I felt going in there and holding their hand trying to having them tell me how scared they were because they knew they were going to die and they did. Yeah. Yeah. So I honestly think it's not about the burnout as much as, you know what, my life is short. I don't know when I'm going to die. I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. So I am going to change my priorities. And that's why, you know, we're seeing a lot of employees that used to be full-time go from full-time to per diem. They're mm-hmm. going part-time. They're going into travel nursing positions. They are working six months out of the year. My sister does that. Yeah. And she loves it. Yeah. So it's th- a great, it's a great point. I think a lot of healthcare professionals, it's a, it's a weighty, it can be a heavy job, right. That can, can wear on you. Right. And can drain, drain you. So that's a great point. I think the pandemic has definitely accelerated some of that change that we've seen in that space. What other trends or changes that have you seen that have are really impacting recruiting and healthcare right now? Um. Because competition is so high right now, speed is king. Speed is king. Mm-hmm. I mean, it used to be that recruiters can take, you know, weeks and weeks and draw out the recruiting process for a very long time. Right now, it, it seems that the you, you have to have a really short process and you have to be able to, you know, go from st- you know, application phone screen to offer in a very short amount of time. So you're, so that way you're able to, you know, get them onboarded before someone else comes in and makes maybe offers them an extra 50 cents an hour. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. I think that a lot of companies there, it's, it's partially about how do they streamline their processes and it's partially about how do they just get more efficient with how they evaluate candidates. Is that right? Is there anything else you would add? Well, I mean, that's a lot of the reasons why there's a lot of applicant tracking systems that are looking about adding artificial intelligence into Mm -hmm. the process of evaluating candidates. And also there's a lot of other companies out there that are adding services to where candidates are getting engaged immediately after they are applying. Mm-hmm. So they feel that they're, you know, that they're moving through the process. So it, it, it's interesting how technology has really shortened that, that number, the number of interviews, for example, it may have taken, you know, five interviews before to go from start to finish when it comes to decision making, but now it's a lot shorter. And with all the changes in technology, it, it has really allowed us to automate a lot of things that we had to do manually too. 
Yeah. Amen. And I, I would especially echo that because I know so many of our listeners are from small businesses where maybe they don't even have an applicant tracking system, or maybe it's they're using their first one. Right. And again, like you mentioned, one of the values of that specifically is helping streamline that process. It's helping automate some of that communication. It's helping move people through the process, help you stay organized while doing that. And so that you can make those offers quicker because if you don't, you're just missing out to the competition, right? Yeah, you're hundred percent right. And that's why it's very important to, to know people sometimes. And it's okay to reach out through LinkedIn. I, I don't mind if somebody wants an app, needs advice on what applicant tracking system is currently using artificial intelligence. I know one at least that is currently working on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's the great thing about, you know, being a part of HR Mavericks, for example, somebody has a question, hey, I want an applicant tracking system for a com- for a small company. I'm like, well, I know like four, like, let's do it. Why not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's awesome. I love it. So next question I have for you is what, what strategies are you currently using that are helping you to find good talent, especially in the healthcare space? Like what's working for you? Um, okay. So there's definitely different, different, different things right now. What's been working for me is I spent a lot of time doing research and paying attention, understanding what is going on in the healthcare industry. Like, for example, I'm registered to Becker Hospital Review. And what I really love about that, it gets delivered automatically into my inbox. And you can choose and pick what you're interested in. And you get to you get to see, for example, you get information on like what hospitals are going through restructure, what companies are laying off, who's growing, who is coming into a new city, you know, understanding what it is that it the, the environment that you're that you're recruiting in is going to help you make decisions as to, you know, who you're going to reach out to who you're going to spend your time and where it is that you're going to spend your money on. Yeah, that's such a, that's such a great point. I just wanted to add, I think that, you know, so often we kind of jump into, you know, like just the nuts and bolts of recruiting and like all all the ins and outs, but understanding the context of the landscape, you know, and making sure that you have good resources, like you mentioned, that can kind of keep you up to speed on the rapid changes in the spaces where you're recruiting is just so key. Yeah, you're a hundred percent right. And, you know, that's why it's great having people who are very invested and very passionate about the industry that they're in. Because you know, I didn't learn about healthcare because I've only been here for six months. Like I grew up in healthcare. I've always been around physicians and scientists because my dad's a scientist and of and an MD. And my sister's a nurse. My mom is a research coordinator. So like I've been hearing about this since I was a little girl. So I understand exactly you know what it's like being in healthcare and what it takes to keep them around. Awesome. Yeah. So that, so that industry knowledge, that context is key. What, what else is working for you recruiting, finding talent in the healthcare space? Definitely networking, spending time, reaching out to other people within the fertility. Like for example, I specialize in fertility. So I reach out, I go on LinkedIn. I literally put fertility and there I go connect with 
every single person that has fertility <laughs> on their account. I don't care. And then every so often I'm like, oh, you know, they, and then they start sharing things on, on social media and I connect with them that way. And then we just start random conversations over the phone, get them on the phone, find out, get to know them. I mean, that's what, how recruitment is actually done. That's how executive search recruiters do their jobs. Mm-hmm. They create relationships. You can't be pushy anymore. That whole, the whole mentality that as a recruiter, you have to be salesy and almost like a car salesman. That doesn't work, especially yeah. nowadays. It's the key is building relationships with people before the need arises, right? So that when there is an opening that you're looking for, you already have a couple people in mind. Is that right? Yeah, that's a hundred percent the way it is. I mean, I'm currently recruiting in a certain city in North Carolina, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, I have like four people that I know that's over there right now. Like, let's go ahead and call them. So it it just it just helps, especially when you're working for an organization that's growing. Mm-hmm. It's important because not only that, when you have good people that you know and you need help finding someone to fill a certain great position, I mean, the references you get are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And the point I want to make too is, you know, this is a great tip for full-time recruiters, but I also think that it's really important for anyone who's going to be hiring. There's a lot of hiring managers, especially in small companies where, you know, you might not have a full-time recruiter yet, but if, like you said, if you're growing and you're a hiring manager, if you lead a department or a team and you know, you're going to need to be hiring people in the next little bit, some of these same tips work. You have to have be, you know, up to speed on the industry and what's happening. You need to be making connections with people who could who could be potential fits before your need arises. I mean, these are universal tips that are just really important when it comes to recruiting across any industry, right? Yeah. No. I mean, it it saves a lot of time too. It saves a lot of frustration, and I I think. It is actually a great and fun way of meeting new people. Yeah, great. And learning new things. So, yeah, I totally agree. Yep. So the next question I have for you is really around what happens when you have a role that could be a good fit for someone, but maybe they're not interested in making a move. Maybe they're happy with where they're at. What do you, what do you do? What's the key to like sparking that interest among those types of people? Oh, that's always a good one. I what I honestly do is I sit down, I spend a lot of time in getting to know people. I care about their interests, not just the work interests, but their family interests. Like and I and I don't do it because oh, I'm trying to recruit them. Like I actually care. Mm-hmm. I actually make an effort in caring about people. Like I, I have a couple of friends that are into TikTok. They like making TikTok videos. That's their thing. Not my thing, but their thing. I respect <laughs> their thing, you know, and really trying to understand, you know, what it is that they're really looking for because, and then being honest, and then you also have to be honest with yourself because the last thing that you want as a human being, I'm not calling myself a reporter, I'm a human being, is for you to take someone from a very good situation and put them in a worse situation. Because that's not helping either them or you at all at the end of the day. 
So I, I think it, it's about making sure that when you do say, hey, you know, you, you've talked about for a long time that you wanted to work at a bigger organization with better benefits. Well, I have this one thing going on over here. You know, you might want to talk to this person about it. Are you open? They're a lot more likely to say, sure, why not? Then if you like go send them like a very cheesy cookie cutter, hey, I have the best opportunity in the world and you seem like a perfect fit. Let me tell you how many, how often that works for you. <laughs> not very often, huh? Not really. No, yeah. unless you're like a ninja recruiter, like you see on LinkedIn all the time. Uh, yeah. Good. Well, what other tips do you have for, you know, successful recruiting, especially in the healthcare space? I, I think that we spend a lot of time looking externally for talent. I think that we need to spend a lot of more time as well looking internally, either, you know, identifying the people that could potentially make a good HR manager one day or a good nursing manager one day or a medical assistant that really wants to be a nurse. And well, let's see if we can help them, you know, get into nursing school. And then all of a sudden you have an amazing nurse who absolutely loves you because you help them go to nursing school. I think that a lot of companies forget that it is actually better and at the end of the day, even more affordable to invest more time and money with you, your own your own employees than going out there and shopping externally. I love that tip because it's so true. And I think it's usually, you know, second nature to look internally first for any openings that you have. And I think that at many companies, that's where you're going to find your best candidates is, is some of those internal candidates, right? A hundred percent. And then the I mean, I think what happens later and when when you forget about the great people internally and then all of a sudden they give you a resignation notice and then you're like, oh, my God, I don't know what happened. And then I'm like, well, maybe you should have paid a little bit more attention. Yeah. Writing was on the wall, huh? Yeah, yep. it happens. Well, Cece, this has been an excellent conversation. I love the tips that you shared. So good. So universal. Appreciate you joining and being with us today and sharing your insights. As we wrap up here, I'm just curious if there are listeners that want to get in contact with you, either to pick your brain about recruiting or ask you, you know, follow-up question from the episode today. What's the best way for them to do that? LinkedIn, 100%. I am on LinkedIn all the time can't help myself. So if they actually go on LinkedIn and put in Cecilia Clark, I'm almost the first one that pops up. Can't miss me. Perfect. And we'll drop the link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So if you're listening, you can find it there too. So Cece, thank you again so much for being with us today. Hope you have a great rest of the day. You too. Thanks. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. But often, small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddie. Eddie is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddie, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. 
Visit eddie.com today to request a demo.